Amen. Well, I want to uh, share with you this morning. Uh, go back to a series that we were in a while back, and I didn't get a chance to share my thoughts on some of this with our congregation. Uh, but, you know, a lot of times in our society today, there's one thing that I begin to notice. And it's really since I've been in ministry, to be honest with you, I've been in inner city ministry for about oh, 20 plus years. And there is a similar pattern I've seen over the years as I've worked with young men and women. Uh, and in that cycle, what I've seen with young men is how they will have buddies and they do a lot together. And you'll watch them. They play basketball together. Uh, they, they, they go hang out together. They even date girls together. They do, and sometimes they even get into mischief together. And a lot of times in those relationships, as we've mentored them and walked with them, something inevitably always, the story always kind of plays out the same. These guys grow up. They've been close together. They get into some trouble together or somebody gets into trouble and somebody either gets in jail or incarcerated. And then we have a similar conversation like this. When I speak with them, they say, Pastor Hill, all the guys that I spent the time with, all the time we spent playing ball together, eating together, chasing girls together, he says, not one of those guys have come to see me. I've written letters. None of them have returned my letters. I've tried to reach out to them and call them. None of them have returned my calls. And what I want to talk today about is the activity of a friend. The activity of a friend, because what happens in our society today, much like these guys, but it happens on all kinds of levels, is when if you watch the news and you watch what's going on today, we have this cycle there when people get built up and then trouble happens in their lives. People run to them and stick the mic in their friends' faces and say, do you know this person? Do you denounce this person now? Do you now that we know what we know about this person, will you denounce that he's your friend and will you turn your back on him? And sadly today, what we see is people say, hey, hey, yeah, I, I, I don't I never knew him. I didn't know he was like that. I don't want to have anything to do with him. I want to distance myself from him as far as I possibly can. But I want to talk about the activity of a friend today because the Bible talks about what is a friend even in the most difficulty of times. How are we supposed to walk in a godly way even when we have friends and we come to some of the most difficult bridges that we may have to cross? If you have your Bibles, you can turn here. I'm going to move around a little bit, but I want to start off in Proverbs 17 and 17. It really says this. It's a simple passage. It says, A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. A friend loves for all times, and a brother is born for adversity. You don't have to turn here, but 1 Corinthians 13, 4 and 7 says, Love is patient, love is kind, it is not jealous. Love does not brag, it is not arrogant. 
It does not act unbecomingly. It does not seek its own. It's not provoked. Does not take into account wrong suffered. Does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth. Bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. And lastly, it says love never fails. But I want to go back to Proverbs 17, 17. It says a friend loves at all times and a brother is born in adversity. You know, in relationships to one another, in our friendships, it's obvious the easiest time to walk with a friend, the easiest time to be loving and to be there for a friend is when all is well. But it's not until difficulty comes. It's not until a little adversity comes that we find out, man, what it truly means to be a friend. And when you look at this, the question that I always pose is this. We all think of it like, well, if I go through a tough time, who will stick with me? Who will walk with me even when I am going through a challenging moment? But that's really not the question. The question is, what kind of friend are you willing to be? Who will you walk with in a difficult time? Who will you stand with in the moment of adversity? Because that's where, that's where the real rub is. If you've ever had a friend, or if you've ever, and listen, I, all the time, uh, every week or every month, it seems, you can find a person in ministry, a pastor, who has gone through a challenge, who has either fallen or gone through some type of struggle, and right away, the temptation for everyone is, well, hey, I didn't know the guy was like that. I don't really want to have anything to do with that situation. Very rarely do you hear somebody stand up and say, hey, this is my friend. And this is my brother, and I know he's going through a tough time, but he's my friend, and I will stand by him. Now, I may not condone what he has done, and I may have to speak against what he has done, but I will not walk away from my brother. I will stand by him. I will pray for him. I will walk with him, and I will pray that God will restore him. See, that's what it's talking about. If we are going to be the kind of folk, if we're going to be the kind of believers that are going to show the world how it's supposed to be done, well, in those moments of adversity, we have to rise and walk out these biblical principles in being a true friend. But let me tell you something, that doesn't come without pressure. Because, see, we live in a society today where uh, you don't want to be labeled, you don't want to get attached to the wrong thing because that might affect your business. That might affect your reputation. That might even affect your finances. And it's one of the things that as believers, we got to be careful about what you attach yourself to. Because if it's something that's going to cause me to be unable to love in the way that Christ has called me to love, then I don't want anything to stop me from doing that. So if somebody says, well, Pastor Hill, you know, if you keep associating, if you stay friends with this guy, we're not going to be able to support. Well, then that support has to go. Well, man, if you keep doing this, we're going to have to uh, get on you in the neighborhood. Well, you'll have to get on me in the neighborhood. Because if I call someone my friend, I want to be a friend at all times. Now, I want you to understand what I'm saying. I'm not talking about associations. And we're going to talk about that in a little bit. We're going to talk about friends. What is a, a true friend? And what, what do we mean when we say friend? 
As I was reading in, in 1 Corinthians 13, 4 and 7, as we talked about the Bible's description of love and what is love. And we're talking about how do we love our friends, obviously. And he calls us to walk out these principles, to not be jealous, to not brag, all those things that come with that. But I was reminded of a conversation I was having, me and my wife were in the car, we were on a road trip. And we were riding down the road, and as we were just talking about things of life and how time has passed by, and we were just talking about, you know, I'm not sure if there's anything that we could go through that we couldn't get, that we couldn't get over. I'm not sure if there was anything that we would experience at this point as a couple that we couldn't work through. Now, some people may hear that and say, well, well, yeah, Pastor Hill, I mean, that's what you say at the altar. That's the way it's supposed to be. But you know, there's one thing about saying it out of your mouth. And there's nothing when you actually have to do it. See, I can tell you out of my mouth, hey, man, I'm with you to the end. But when trouble hits and difficulties come, hey, man, this is harder than I thought it was going to be. But you know, after being married for 22 years now, we could really look each other in the face and say, you know what? I just don't think there's anything we can't work through. But you know what has allowed us to be able to get to that point to even be contemplate to say that? It's not all the wonderful things that have happened in 22 years of marriage. And there's been a lot of them. Four beautiful kids. You know, Melissa's lived a life of luxury and, 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 and all the pleasures of life, you know, that she can have. You know what I'm saying? It's been a blessed trip for her. Everybody knows that's a joke. <laughs> it's okay to laugh. But, you know, it's not all the wonderful things that have happened that have allowed us to be able to say that. You know what's really allowed us to be able to say that? Adversity. It's been the hard things that we've gone through. You know, it's been the, it's been the, the, the miscarriage. It's been the close uh, inferences with death. It's been... The very hardest things that we've had to walk through in our marriage that have allowed us to be able to look at each other and say, I think we're going to be able to stick this thing out. I think we're going to be, I think we can do it. Because God has brought us through so much. And see, in relationships and friendships, it's not the high times that allow you to be able to say, Man, this is my brother and he's born for it. We, we can walk it. We can, this is my sister and we can walk through it all. It's not going to be the good times that, that make you say that. It's going to be the very most difficult times that you walk through together. And when we stick together as when you, when you call somebody your friend and in the term in the sense that the Bible is talking about, said, I will walk with you even through the most difficult times. And when you do that, you'll experience a graciousness in God that will bring you together, as the Bible says, that'll stick you closer together than a brother. Because the reality is sometimes God can grace you with friends that can stick closer together than family. Amen? I mean, family is supposed to be the closest bond we have. But if you know like I know, that's not always the case. But sometimes God brings us together in true friendship. And I'm telling you, adversity is not a, a relation. Adversity is really not a, a relationship killer. It's really a friendship builder if you, if you allow it to be. When you go through a difficult time, that's how you really know you have a friendship. When you can go through a difficult time and remain friends and walk it out. One of the most cherished relationships I have 
has been my mentor, uh, Major McIntyre, since I was the age of 19. He's been my mentor. And this was the first man ever in my spiritual life to sit me down and say, David, you got junk in your life. You got problems. And, and coming out of the world, I remember if you said something to me like that and you called yourself a friend of mine, I might not talk to you for the next three weeks. But he was the first one to help me understand that he sat me down as a friend and told me some things about my life that I needed to hear that I didn't want to hear. And do you know what his next statement was? Now let's go have something to eat. And I'm thinking to myself, this dude want me to go eat with him after he just told me about some stuff in my life. But I didn't know it then, but he was building something in me to help me understand that David, a friend, tells the truth to you. A friend walks with you. And then a friend can put his arm with you and say, hey, now let's go be together. See, sometimes we've developed this thing where it's like, if you tell me something I don't want to hear, I'm blocking you on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I don't want to have nothing to do with you. Come on now. And the reality is, I just want to tell you something. You know, the biggest lie when it comes to friendship is Facebook. Because all them people that you see on your list, them, I had bad news for you. They're really not your friends. You might think you have 2,000 friends, but you don't. You may have a few and a bunch of people who want to be nosy and see what's going on in your life. Other people just want to hate on your life. And the other quarter don't even know you. They just, they just happen to come across your picture and just sent you a request. You really don't have that many friends. But the point of it is, is, we have conditioned ourselves to where, man, if somebody tells me something I don't like, or if you do something I don't like, you ain't my friend. When in reality, a true friend, at some point, got to tell you, hey, man, hey, girl, that's not right. That's not right. I love you. You're my man 50 grand. Uh, you're my girl. But that's not right. And if you got to be mad at me, you got to be mad at me, but I'm not going to stop calling you. I'm not going to stop coming by. And we're going we to still get together. Because, and as Christians, we got to step out of some of what the world has told us friendship is. We got to step into what the biblical form of friendship is. And when we do, we will find that, man, we'll get a lot more out of it. Of what God intended for us to have out of it. But we got to understand that adversity comes to us all. And if you got a friend, the day is going to come when you and your friend don't see eye to eye. Or the day is going to come when your friend is in deep trouble and everybody is fleeing them. Or the day may come when you are in deep trouble and everybody's fleeing you. What will happen then? When you look at this definition of friendship, it makes you ask the question, who are my real friends? And who are you willing to love at all times? If you want to know who your friends are, ask yourself, who am I willing to love like 1 Corinthians? Who am I willing to stick by at all times? If you're not willing to stick with them, it may not be a real friendship. And you know what? The reality is you can't have a lot of these. Proverbs 18.24 says, a man of too many friends comes to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Too many friends randomly chosen can leave you a mess, but one chosen with the right qualities 
will be there even when family isn't. See, the reality is you can't have, I can't love, I can't love 100 people like that. I can't. There's a few select people that I can truly say, man, that's my friend. Because I'm committed to loving them. I'm committed to walking with them in the manner in which God calls me to. And the truth is, I can only do that with a few people. It's just the truth. Now I got I got my my, the, my associates are a lot bigger. Uh, my family is even my church family is even bigger. But the folks that I can truly say, man, that's a friend. And no matter what happens, I'm committed to loving this brother. I'm gonna walk with him even when we don't see eye to eye. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. And you know. It takes every fiber in my being to try to do that with a few select people, with my family. So I can't cast this big net and say, man, these are all my friends. We got to be careful with our words. Because if God's going to hold me accountable and how I love my friends, man, I want to make sure I know exactly who they are and how and I'm going to do it. You know, even to my teenagers and to the young adults, you are growing up in a different age in which I had to grow up in. The pressures are different. The expectations are different. But I'm going to tell you, never has there been a need in our society for godly young people to show the world how you love a friend. In an age where children are committing suicide because of how they're being treated at school. People, kids are walking in the schools, blowing each other away because no one loved them as a friend. All the things you can, if you ever go on YouTube and you, you see how when, when fights break out in the street, everybody grabs their phone so they can record and document a fight between people on the street. And very rarely do you see anybody say, hey, man, we got to stop, stop this. Never has there been a need for a young godly generation to stand up and say, hey, listen, I'm going to love you in the way God's called me to. I'm going to wrap my arm around the friends of, that I call friends. And I'm, I'm going to reject what the world says. And I'm going to love you even when everyone else is walking away from you. When everybody else is shaming you because of what's been posted on Facebook. When everyone else is shaming you because of a mistake you made and now it's all over the campus. I'm not going to run away from you. I'm going to love you. I'm going to help restore you. Because this is what a friend is for. A friend is for the day of adversity. And even for us as, a, as, as grown folks, it's the same thing. You never know when the day comes. When the fault is yours, when the mistake is yours. And I trust and hope that there are friends around me that would come to me and say, hey, David, it's a tough situation you're going through. And we hate it. And maybe you were wrong. Man. But we want you to know this. We'll never run out. Man, I'm going to love you no matter what. I'm your friend. And I'll stick by you. And as we start... If the church was more reflective of that, it'd spill over into the schools. 
it spill over in the society. And even if maybe if we even did enough and believed it enough, it might even even spill over into politics. <laughs> I know that's asking a lot. I know that's asking a lot. But maybe we can get to the day where instead of we hope when somebody rises to the top and everybody can enjoy their fall, man, people will be more understanding. Because I'm telling you, y'all, the society we live in now, we've gotten to the point, it's so bad now that we want to go back what you did 40 years ago and try to destroy you with that now. Let me just be honest with you. If you go back 30 years ago, I couldn't even pass to this church. There's enough evidence to incriminate me on all kinds of stuff. And so before we look at somebody else's downfall of what the mistake somebody else made and we say, mm, 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 but that's what they get. What was going on in your life 30 years ago? Where were you at 20 years ago? 10 years ago? Before I take delight because of the side or the place that I'm at on somebody else's fall, my first thought ought to be, Lord, I pray that there are friends who will stick by him or her. Lord, before I rejoice in a pastor's fall or I see, well, you know what? I knew it was coming. I seen it coming and they getting what they deserve. Lord, I pray that there are friends that will stick closer to him as a brother. Lord, I pray you restore that person. I pray that they will experience your love. Or before you rejoice at the falling of someone in school, before you laugh about the shame that somebody else has experienced because it's their life being exposed, it's their fault being exposed, you would say, God, I pray that there's a friend. And if it's me, Lord, help me to be the friend I need to be. Help me be there for them. Because Proverbs 7, 17 is right. A friend loves at all times. And a brother is born for adversity. This world needs this. Our world needs this more than ever. And a lot of times we look for it to start at the top. But God says, no, it's going to start here. It's going to start how we love one another. It's going to start how we look to one another. Let me close with this. John 15, 17, I mean, John 15 and 12 says this. This is my commandment that you love one another just as I have loved you. Greater has no, greater love has no one than this, that one lay down his life for a friend. Jesus has called us to love how he's loved us. He's laid down his life for us. You know, loving a friend can get, cause you to get dirty. Loving a friend can cause you to get messy. Loving a friend can cause you to have to get both feet in the muck. Loving a friend might even cause you to get a little stain on you sometimes. But Jesus says he's called us to love one another as he has loved us. And I'm going to tell you something. I'm so glad Jesus allowed some of my junk to get on him. Aren't you? I think back to where I was as a young man when I encountered Christ. And one of the things that I was so hesitant about committing my life to the Lord 
because I kept telling him, Lord, you don't understand how dirty I am. You don't understand how just wretched my filth is, God. God, if you reach down and touch me, you're going to contaminate your whole program. And I'm so glad Jesus looked at me and said, David, my blood covers it all. There's no stain that my blood can't cover. I want you to know this morning, Jesus loved us. He loves you. He redeemed you, even though you were full of filth. Even though we were fully, totally undeserving. And he took it all on him to the cross. He took it all on him. I'm telling you, church, if we're going to love others and if we're going to love those we call friends and we're going to do it the way Jesus called us to. It's going to cause you a little pain and agony sometimes. You're going to have to get dirty a little bit. But you know what you'll also find? There's nothing like walking in in real fellowship and real friendship. You'll get an experience in Christ that you can't get any other way. And so my encouragement today is this. And let's take this to the world. Let's take this in the circles that you are in. When you call someone friend and you have the opportunity to love them, even in the most difficulty of times, I want you to remember Jesus loved you in the most difficult moment because he didn't get down off the cross. He stayed there. The moment may come when your friend is at their lowest point. The moment may come when you're at your lowest point. I pray you will be the friend that loves in adversity. And I pray that God will surround you with friends who will love you in a moment of adversity. Choose wisely, not randomly. Use a standard by those you call friend and who will, call, who will be close to you. Surround yourself, like David said, I want people around me who have the standard of God in their lives. I want people around me who care about God's standard more than I do so that when the moment of trouble comes, they will be the kind of people I need around me. And I'll say this, if you if you've been in those situations and maybe you say, well, Pastor Hill, I have not been the friend I should have been. Man, I, I want to pray for you and ask God, you repent of that. You go to your friend and say, hey, listen, I failed you. And I want to be the kind of friend that God's called me to be. I want to love you. Please forgive me. And you begin to walk that out. Because it's no perfect deal here. We've all made mistakes. We've all dropped the ball. I've turned my back when I should have been faithful. And I've had people turn their backs on me when they should have been faithful. And so, man, we ask God to build this in us. So that we may be the salt of this earth. That we may be the light that others be drawn to. Let me pray for us. Father, I thank you today, Lord. And Lord, it's hard. It's hard to be a friend, dear Lord. It's hard to walk this out at times, dear Lord. But Father, we all know what it's like to be in a place where we've been abandoned, where we've not been loved, and where we felt like others have turned their back on us. Father, I pray that you would help us be wise in our selection of friends, but Lord, that you would also help us to be faithful. 
and that we would not be what transpires a lot in our society today where we would flee from those that we have pledged ourselves to, that we have called to be true friends. Lord, that we would be able to walk even in a moment of adversity and we'd be able to love them. Not just for the benefit of our relationship, but Lord, that we may be a light for others to see, for this world to see. That they would marvel at the connection and the, the ability that comes through the life-giving power of Christ to love others, even in the most difficult moments. So Father, I pray for everyone here. Father, let no condemnation reign in any of our lives for mistakes of the past. But Father, convict us. Help us to make the rights, the wrongs right. And help us to be what you've called us to be so that we may be glory to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.